0: Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can
1: we do it again? From the jar yeah, yeah. and Bean Studios in downtown yeah, West yeah. Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 1063.
2: Cried. I cried after failing my first driving test.
1: Yeah, but that
3: That's doesn't really surprise me. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? I don't know. I can just see does you at 16. me soft?
2: Suburban. Chicago. I like I thought it was a done deal. License was gonna be in the wallet. And then to fail, and it wasn't just how I failed. It was well, it wasn't that I failed, it was how I failed. Like I didn't stand a chance after the first five seconds. I pulled out of the DMV in the wrong lane. Or like, think about that. Are there steps I choked that started
3: your villain arc? You know, that's the trend going around, like the origin story. Like like, the, like me, why I'm so
2: pessimistic. And yes. I mean, I have had many setbacks in my life. <laughs> so, that that being a big one. That was that was a big one. And then a failure for a second time. The hurdle. Yeah. That might have been the start of my villain arc. He's the smartest man we know. He's a member of the Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Fame. The man knows people. People know this man. Time now for Steve Politziner.
1: Ask Steve's. Steve paulett Sr. is a Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer, a business maiden, an accomplished youth coach, and a worldly family man. Every week he bestows his expansive wisdom upon us. It's time again for Ask Steve's, presented by PNC Bank. See how they can make a difference for you at PNC.com. You've got mail.
2: Steve, we were uh, we were talking about my failures trying to get my license. At the uh, the DMV when I was 16, I failed twice uh, before. I, and they, they don't let you take it again uh, that same day after you fail. You kind of tone yourself. You got to sit, wait. I failed twice. I needed three tests at the DMV to finally get my license. And so uh, that was a major traumatic childhood experience for me. Is, is there something from your childhood you remember where you're like, uh, man, this really affected me?
0: Um, well, yeah, I have a couple of those, but, but Ken, I didn't know that many people that failed their driver's test <laughs>
4: like, they're do kind I.
0: Of set up to pass. They're kind of set up to pass.
2: I know. I, and That's
0: w- w- like, were you the only one in your group of friends?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I actually didn't tell them this is the first I've ever talked about it publicly. Um, so I yeah, never oh, told well,
0: them. Yeah. So what did, were you, I mean, did you lie and be like, I haven't gotten a chance to take it yet? No, because I, I, everyone's like on your birthday or, you know, you go and you get your license.
2: Yeah. Or, yeah. you
0: know, right around your birthday.
2: You know what? I Where think that was my line. It. I think it was like, yeah, I'm, I, it's uh, I'm taking it soon. I think that was the line. Yeah, I'm taking it soon i'm taking it soon um meanwhile well,
0: that's true you you left out the uh um, <laughs> i'm retaking it, it soon. Uh-huh, right, right i'm retaking no, no you could it still could be true but, but i'm retaking it i choked, it, soon. I choked. It, it
2: is it's maybe the What'd biggest... you joke on the parallel parking or the? Oh uh, uh, no or... so so get this the first time the first time i took it and this is this is the worst one and then the second one's more infuriating the first one i, I don't know what i was thinking like i went full choke job here um it, I, I I went to make a left-hand turn out of the DMV out of the side street where they're going to start grading me. And I don't know what I was thinking. I went into the left-hand lane. But this was an in-out driveway to this DMV. So I turned left out of the wrong lane to leave this DMV to get out of the side street. So like five seconds in, I was done. Toast. I'm not getting my license after that. I don't know what I was thinking. My brain short-circuited on me. Then... The second time around, I failed because in the state of Illinois, Steve, and I know you've been there many times, one of the defining features of the state is that it's flat, completely flat. There's no mountains. There's no hills, uh, nothing. And this guy grading me made me demonstrate uphill parking. The The turn the wheel all the way to one side, if it started rolling, the tire would hit up against the curb, put the parking brake on, and I nicked the curb trying to do the uphill parking. I mean, just nonsense. And so he failed me for that. So that was the infuriated one. I cried after the first one because it was so stupid.
0: Wow. Yeah. So the pressure, third time was the charm. Third time or Maybe was the you charm. got an easier uh, driving... I think they driving, felt bad uh, for me evaluator. at that point.
2: Yeah. They felt bad. They're yeah. like, we can't have well, this dude I mean, take it a fourth time.
0: They're like, we gotta get everyone a pass. We gotta sell cars. We gotta get people all the, like all the, all the all the revenue benefits. We gotta sell this guy a license. Yeah. Do you guys happen to watch the show Dave?
2: Uh, I know of it. I have not seen it. Yes, I have.
0: Uh hilarious show. But so good. um and this won't give anything away. When you mentioned drivers, he was being um uh he was being robbed. And they're like, Give me your wallet and he said the thing that like we all say, he's like okay, but can I just keep the driver's license?
2: It's so hard to go back to the (laughs) DMV. Oh, man, I I can actually relate to that. Um, Another thing, too, we were discussing, Russell Wilson, I can't get over the fact that he was caught flipping a golf cart into a bunker last week while playing just a a regular 18 with some buddies in suburban Denver. He flipped his golf cart into a bunker. Now, I treat golf carts with great respect. I used to work at a country club. I used to have to be the person who, when a member drunk drove it into a creek, I had to go pull it out, uh, tow it out with another cart. Uh, I I pegged stone for someone who was reckless with golf carts. He said, nope, nope, I, I absolutely take care of golf carts. You golf a lot, Steve. Have you ever had a less than optimal damaging golf cart experience?
0: Not not that I no, not that I've been driving and I saw the Russell Wilson thing. I was trying to also tr- try to understand it. Um I have been at events, you know, those kind of those those golf events yeah. that are you know a couple of days and guide trips where I've seen golf carts flip. And usually there's you know there's um they've had a lot of a lot of partying, you know, going sure. on. Sure. So it could happen. I don't see that Wilson, I'm thinking either and I'm guessing he knew the course, so I think it had to be. I'm just going to go with like a text and driving kind of thing. Maybe driving too fast. They gave him the cool cart, you know. All, all the thing now is a lot of the golf clubs had like the cool unrestricted, no restrictor plate kind of. Which um, is a terrible idea. You know, they take, idea. The, gov- they take t- the governors yeah, off. Just a terrible. And know, yeah, they're all souped up and give it to the give it to the celeb when they come, and maybe just. Pump the gas too hard, maybe looking down at the phone and just not realizing was going down a hill. Yeah, here's what it's I really, think it, happened. It, it, it's almost as embarrassing as failing your driver's uh, yeah. license test yeah. when you're 16. Well, at
2: least at least I could hide that for a while. Uh, I, I was able to hide that for how old am I? 38, 22 years. Um, uh, the golf cart, like that thing, that's going – because you're never by yourself when you flip a cart. You're around people. They're going to tell people they're going to know. But what I think happened, and this is just me, longtime country club employee, okay? I think what happened is obviously he's not supposed to be where he was at alongside a greenside bunker with his golf cart, right? Like they, they have the stakes there for a reason head to the cart path, you don't need to be near the green with your cart. What he did is sometimes when you get along the bunkers, that grass is a little bit overgrown. You don't actually see that there's the drop-off there. The bunker has started, but the grass is covering it. You get that front wheel in that area. It collapses. The, the, the rough grass collapses under the weight of the, the golf cart. Bam, you start tumbling into the bunker. It loses all stability. I think that's what happened. He was in the wrong place, and honestly, he got what he deserved in that spot. Okay. Yep. There Could you go. be. That's, that's that's what I think.
0: Okay. Russell Wilson, Flipgate.
2: Flipgate. Who? Flipgate. Flipgate. Flip Let's ride into the bunker. Steve Politziner, Ask Steve's here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, we've been talking about annoying athletes, and this all started from me. I am so annoyed with Joel Embiid. One, I'm annoyed he didn't get ejected last night. I'm annoyed that he's not yeah. going to get suspended because that would require the NBA admitting fault. Uh, I thought what he did was even worse than what Draymond did. And he rightfully got ejected and suspended. But this all started with Joel Embiid throwing himself to the floor and doing the thing he loves to do, and that's flop, 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 flop. There was no business him being on the floor to even start that sequence. A guy that big, that powerful, that dominant, the amount of time he spends on the floor is so annoying. Joel Embiid annoys me to no end. Which athlete annoys you the most, Steve?
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't understand that one, particularly on the heels of the Draymond thing. And you're right; he's always on the always. ground. Always. Um, it's it's amazing with how just how big he is I think amount of time he spends on the ground there. Uh, but and, you know, when hearing you t- talking about this, actually, the Draymond thing really annoyed me the other night um, because it, it was, it, and, and Sabonis' reaction was was also very extreme and you know when you reviewed it he really didn't get drilled that bad but Draymond my problem with him is his constant justification of it like he never owns that he was wrong never owns he was wrong like he beats his own teammates up <laughs> and i mean what they had to do to get him to to apologize which by the way he took no media questions when he did that it was like more like a statement right like he never faces the music. If you're going to behave that way, just face the music. And plus, he's so talented, and he as a as a speaker, also he's he's so interesting as a speaker. He's definitely like going to be the next Barkley on Inside the NBA or, or something with ESPN. Like, why doesn't he just own it when he makes those when he makes those uh, uh, those e- those, er- those emotional errors in judgment instead of trying to justify? Oh, two days, two games in a row. That was the second time. Right, right. Uh, that's, so that's why he's on my list.
2: Yeah, and, and, and to me, uh, that's what, and I told Stone this, uh, his explanation, you're right, was immediately, oh, two games, ankle held. That's how I knew that that stomp was purposeful because he's not bringing yeah, that because, up if it wasn't retaliation. Well, he said that. it was wrong. Right. That's what I said. he doesn't justify. Right. Two games. Two games, my ankle was grabbed. Right. He, which, was, which was
0: translation. Uh, he deserved to he be got set what up. he deserved
3: exactly and when yeah. he does face the music it's typically on his own terms on the Draymond Green podcast like that's how he faces that's the right. music new media that's
0: right. That's, Which- right that's right that's right that's right that's what he did he did the podcast um right in response to the uh right to the uh, to the to the teammate you know m- Incident. Right. Instead of ever taking. And then the podcast is like, and this is the only time I'm going to talk about it.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And that's not accountability. You, you, like, putting yourself in your comfort zone does not make you accountable for any of those things. Uh, Steve Palatina asked Ask Steve's here on ESPN 1063. He's Stone LeBanowitz. I'm Ken Levica uh here's a question from a fan this is from billy and delray steve this is billy and delray steve i am very very bummed that i had my check mark taken away on twitter my blue check mark is gone do you think it's worth eight dollars a month for twitter blue i feel like billy
0: asks questions every week i think two weeks ago billy asked something about a Something about a wedding or on the beach in Delray. I don't know. There's like a yeah. Delray. I, I think there's a lot of bellies um, in Palm Beach County. Uh, this one's really interesting
2: because there's so much debate here.
0: Uh, I think mean, there's I, I, if Twitter falls apart over this all. I have too many social media to check. Okay, <laughs> so if this whole thing blows up in their face, I'm okay with it too. Don't pay. Don't want to pay. Who cares? Like, why, I don't, why, why pay? I don't Uh, understand. Because
2: now you need Twitter Blue if you're a business. uh, You need to pay now to put out ads on Uh,
0: Twitter. Right. If you want to be on Twitter. So be on Facebook. Be on
2: Instagram. Be on LinkedIn. Let me follow up Billy's question. Do you think as a content creator or a business, you have to be on Twitter?
0: No. No. I don't think you have to be anywhere. You should you only have to you have to you have to be some places. You don't have to be everywhere and you have to be where you believe is going to give you the most return. Whatever that is on your investment or uh, on reaching an audience you're trying to reach. So, no, and I think some will start to walk away, go away from it. And they'll focus on other social media.
3: Interesting.
2: This one's got Steve stumped a little bit. No, I think Steve, but I but I would I think though it speaks to I mean, Steve, you are uh, a prominent businessman. Do you you don't think you have to be a social media presence at all in order to in content creation uh, or I in media? I think you have to have a social media presence. Okay. Of course. But it doesn't I mean, we're on
0: Twitter. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. 5 years ago it was Facebook 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 Facebook. Now I'm in meetings where people are like, "Wait, do we even do anything on Facebook anymore? No one's on Facebook." So, it's all going to sure. you know, it sure. all moves I do think Twitter is the one of those that is the most newsy, you know, the most news cycle. Right. You know, the most news cycle of them. It's like where news breaks and where news happens uh, more, you know, more than the others. But if you don't think as a result of, like, what Twitter's doing and the, and, and the challenges of doing and laying off everybody, like, that it's suffering and going to continue to suffer, and, and it's going to be at the expense of another social media – like yeah, I'm not. I don't think you have to be beholden, beholden to Twitter.
2: I'm just moving over to Instagram. I'm about to light up that IG stone. You're lying. Yeah, Ken loves Twitter. Well, you're, not. you're a no, lie. Ken,
0: Ken lives for Twitter. We I know. live Ken's for it, those, Steve. Ken's one of those news guys. Yeah. that lives for Twitter. No, I feel like I know as much news as anyone anywhere. I maybe go to Twitter once a
2: month. Here's here's the allure of Twitter, or here's what the allure of Twitter has been. It is so much less involved than any of the other social media apps. Like Instagram, the photos and the captions and is it a post or a story? What What do you go for? What do you go for? I don't even know if I go for Instagram. I'm talking about me and my brand. Like I'd love to have a more expansive brand on Instagram and reach out to People that uh, put a lot of stock in Instagram, like Stones, on Instagram more than anybody that I know. A lot of our teammates are, but I find it so time-consuming with Twitter. I can just be like, "Hey, a thoughts in my head, pop, 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 Send. It's out there. It's it, it's right there." And hey, I'm seeing news while um, I'm scrolling through Twitter. I just find it to be easier than Instagram.
0: I think it's time to do a new. Mm-hmm. Social that would be media. a deep, dark, dark place. Instagram.
2: That would be a deep, dark, pessimistic <laughs> place, Steve. I don't know if that's a great idea. No yeah, I mean, Twitter's not going to go
0: away, but there going to be there are going to be there's going to be pushback, right, on Musk because of right he's a very you know, he's a very polarizing figure, um, and it's going to go through it's going to go through iterations. The flip side was is it was was losing <laughs> it was losing money and it was failing the way, in, in the way it was currently uh, comprised. And in general, if you look at businesses, media companies, just, to, just the flip side here, right, to kind of defend Twitter, the flip side is media companies that can both derive revenue from the two streams, one of advertising and one of, subscri- of subscription, that's better. <laughs> it's a yeah. better. It's better being able to, to, to provide, make your revenue goals, which in turn allow you to provide a better product for your customer.
2: Sure.
0: Right? They weren't making it on advertising. They're you're getting your ass kicked
2: on advertising. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. Uh, I just, I, I, I'm having a hard time quitting Twitter now. Also, too, little known fact, I never had a blue check mark. I never mm. was able to get myself a blue check mark. So now you know where my mind you know is at. It's hilarious to me. Everybody who's lost their blue check mark because they're e- even footing with me. Eat it.
0: So pay, but why don't you just pay for it? You love Twitter. I'm not paying for like, it because like you don't want to see Twitter go away like you Steve, love Twitter. Steve, so like the You know,
3: yeah. Ken despises Elon. The last thing that he's going to do is give him money. Is give this guy money. So he can go blow up another rock. To- what are you talking about, Ken? Every single time, the 200
0: times you go there a day, from now on, I want <laughs> that thought in your head. You're giving him money every single time because that's what helps sell their advertising. Every time you go there, so you're a hypocrite. Whether you pay him directly or you go there a hundred times a day, it's the same thing.
3: Steve, I call Ken out for his addiction to Twitter three times a week, and he fights it.
2: I'm not. And he fights it. I'm not paying. I'm no, not paying an additional uh, eight dollars cool. past what I give him there. All right. Well,
0: you're Elon. You're one of Elon's biggest supporters, in my opinion. <laughs> you love Twitter. Uh-huh. You, you're lining his pockets. You are basically his. You know, you're his disciple.
2: <laughs> Fine. I'm not supporting him any more than I do. Okay? There. Good. Okay, okay. Perfect. Yeah, take a yeah, stand. Yeah. <laughs> How about that, Steve? How about that? Now, one place I will always support, especially because I love those two for one, Steve, is Duffy Sports Grill.
0: Uh, that's one thing we can all agree on, Ken. <laughs> and we can also agree if you grab your MVP card and head to Duffy's, it's even that much better because you will start earning aw- uh, rewards immediately. Duffy's, of course, voted the best sports grill year after year, from the burgers to the wings. And you mentioned the two for ones. Which day? All day. When? Every day. 80TVs. Visit Duffy'sMVP.com to learn more at Duffy's. Game is always on.
2: Steve, thank you. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Thank you. Have fun uh, lining Elon's (laughs) pockets.
2: That is Steve Politziner as Steve's here on Ken Levick live on ESPN 106.3. When we come back, a discussion must need about rodents. He's still on the Bannowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
1: From the in and Levine studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBeca Live on ESPN 106.3.
2: Some wholly unsurprising breaking news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. This according to TMZ. A judge has ordered the police to arrest the former NFL wide receiver Antonio Brown over unpaid child support. I mean, this guy is... It's a wreck. He's undefeated. He just took ownership of an arena football league team, right? Yes. I mean, he had the money to buy in on that. Probably should pay the child
3: support. You hey, think he's like the 50% owner of that team. Really? It's that much? Yes, he is. So I believe with that it has to be forty nine, which I did read. But yeah, a team based out of New York. Fine, he's a
2: minority yes. stake owner, but like forty nine percent is pretty significant, even for an arena football league team. Mm-hmm. And again, that's money that could be going to oh I don't know your kid or kids or kids. Right, boy, I mean, what a what a fall for this guy. And it's just it's something. All the time. It's every other month. It's it's a running all the time, and I don't quite understand. It feels like there's nobody there to save him from himself, right? Like it this if if there was, we would have heard about it already. And I know that sometimes when you're pushing people away, pushing people away, pushing pushing people away, someone's got to come in and strong arm you. But it just seems like he's got nothing but enablers all around him. Those who are left around him are just enablers. And you and I genuinely hate to be those guys. He doesn't have the right people around him. But it's clear he doesn't have the right people around him. I mean, clear. It's in broad daylight. Broad daylight. Broad daylight. Oof, boy. Not good. Not good. The ongoing saga of of Antonio Brown. Hey, we are coming off of... uh, A week of just straight rain down here. The mold, the mildew, it is extremely prevalent, even in your home. You got to rejuvenate the air in your home. Get yourself a free indoor air quality assessment with EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes, edsairconditioning.com. Plus, save $500 on their air purification bundle. The air in your home, especially this time of year, humidity's kicking in, rain's kicking in. It It can be a bigger problem. It can be dirtier. Than what you're encountering in nature. So, with this summer air quality issue, we've got pollen, we've got dust, airborne pollutant particles, bacteria, viruses. You're breathing this air. You and your family are breathing this air every day, every night. Allergies, other health issues, upper respiratory, all of these things affect that. There's an air purification system that people swear by. It's from RGF, it's a Remy Halo. At EDS Air Conditioning, they're an RGF Black Label dealer. They can get you set up with a Remy Halo. It helps reduce and eliminate airborne and surface bacteria, viruses like COVID-19. That's right. Eliminates odors in your home, reduces that mold and mildew, removes the harmful pollution particles in the air. EDS, get that free indoor quality air check and figure out if, hey, I might need to go this because, hey, health is priority. We talk about when your air conditioning goes out, how unhealthy it is. EDS air conditioning has your back. That air quality, that's a slow burn leading to significant health problems potentially. Make sure you're protecting your family best you can. Make sure the air quality in your home is top notch. EDS air conditioning, they've got you set up. EDSairconditioning.com. Call them. EDS air conditioning. EDSairconditioning.com. EDS is yes. Henlevic Alive, we finally made it to the end of the week here. Um, Do you remember, Stone, the conversation that we were having about Anthony Richardson and how if if he were going to the Olympics in Paris next summer, I mean, he'd be a no-doubt, no-brainer... American darling gold medal because he is an athletic freak, right? Like, he is an abject, unbelievable athlete. There's no doubt about it. Putting up numbers that people can't believe. Correct. Those numbers, though, have nothing to do directly with scoring points on the football field. What does is completion percentage, and uh, he's only played 13 games in his college career, and uh, he threw for 50% last year in his only full season. That's not, those aren't winning metrics. Um, The high jump, awesome. The 40, amazing. Cone drill, exceptional. All of those things, if he was going to Paris for the Olympics, you'd say, that man's going to win gold. Those things don't mean a damn thing when you're the quarterback of an NFL team. And despite all of that, The Anthony Richardson media machine, his PR team, is elite. Anthony Richardson, I mean, there's still a chance. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But there's still a chance he's the top quarterback taken in the draft next week because his PR team has maximized how great an athlete he is and has talked NFL executives and scouts into thinking that this man is going to go to the NFL and he's going to potentially tear it up. Because he's a great Olympic athlete. And does it mean something to be a great athlete? Yeah, for sure. But at the quarterback position, would I rather have an unathletic guy who throws 68%? Joe Burrow. Yes. Yes. Unequivocally. But Anthony Richardson, he's a freak of nature who has an elite PR team. And you can see it coming... Right around the end of January, when you're starting to hear Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson, oh, invited to the Combine, what can he do, what can he do? And then the Combine, you knew he was going to kill it. His people said, hey, don't just wait for your pro day in Gainesville. Go to the Combine because we know that you're going to put up some huge numbers. And those huge numbers have translated into him being the darling of this pre-draft period. We discussed all this. His PR team has pushed him and pushed him so well. There is a pro-Anthony Richardson media machine. And that what is what has propelled him to maybe being a, a top-two quarterback taken in this draft. When, of the quarterbacks that are projected to be taken in the first round from pure quarterbacking ability, he's probably what, like 5th, 6th, 7th? At the very best. You couldn't believe that he declared for the NFL draft after the season. Yeah, that shocked me in itself. You thought he was too green to even consider that. Yet, there he was. And now he's going to be a top-two quarterback taken.
3: Sure, I didn't take into consideration that a team's going to want to draft him just so they don't miss out on him. Like, the likelihood that he's good, yeah, that may be
2: up in the air, but the likelihood that he's talented?
3: No, that's a God-given fact. Yeah,
2: And... The reason I bring up Anthony Richardson and his PR machine is because this can go both ways. Anthony Richardson's PR machine, the people around him, the people pushing him, pushing the Anthony Richardson narrative to the media and to the scouts, whatever he paid them to be his people, he needs to triple it once he finally gets his first NFL paycheck. Because they have painted him out to be the next quarterback messiah, when again, Pure quarterbacking ability, he's like 6th or 7th best in this draft. C.J. Stroud purely being able to throw the football and do so fairly accurately, he's like top 3 or 4 in this draft. C.J. Stroud is going to start plummeting down draft boards because his PR people compared to Anthony Richardson's PR people are just substandard. What am I talking about? Well, first of all, the Pick 6 pod earlier this week, Brady Quinn, former college Heisman candidate, former Miami Dolphins quarterback target, turned NFL quarterback bust, turned Fox analyst, he was on the Pick 6 pod, and Brady Quinn, very critical of the Ohio State quarterback, C.J. Stroud.
4: And then there's, there's some other stuff about interviews and and maybe, you know, for example, the Manning passing Academy, uh, I'd, I'd been told that, you know, he committed to it the night before, just kind of ghosted him, didn't show up. That's football royalty. And when you do that, that's going to kind of set off some alarms from people of like, Hey man, that's not how you conduct yourself, especially around the Manning family or just in general, if you're going to be a franchise quarterback. So uh, look, I still view him as the second quarterback uh, that should be taken in this draft class. He's the most accurate quarterback in this draft class. He showcased the athleticism and ability. Uh, anytime I've been around the kid, he's been an upstanding young man who's grown and matured and the leader that I think um, NFL teams are looking for. So, you know, some of that stuff. And as far as the system he plays and all the talent he plays around, he can't help that. He just can deliver the ball like he has and put up the numbers that he did. So I think he'll be the number two quarterback taken, but there is some talk right now, and maybe it's smoke screens, who knows, that maybe some of the teams are saying, well, wait a second, if Richardson has a higher ceiling, maybe he makes more sense for us to take if we can't have a guy like Bryce Young that we feel more confident about in his processing and decision-making.
2: That feels like a total hit job. All of the compliments at the end, the compliments that Brady Quinn threw out there about C.J. Stroud. Let's just listen to the first, like, 10 seconds of this. Those those do not hide what appear to be a little bit of a Brady Quinn hit job on C.J. Stroud. Someone feeding him something. And you hear the words ghosting and Manning Family and Manning Passing Academy. Listen to this takedown of C.J. Stroud from Brady Quinn.
4: And then there's there's some other stuff about interviews. And and maybe, you know, for example, the Manning Passing Academy, uh, I've been told that, you know, he committed to it the night before, just kind of ghosted him, didn't show up.
1: Think about it.
4: Listen to that.
2: Ah, ghosted him, Manning Family, Manning Passing Academy, ghosted him, committed to the night before, ghosted him. Uh, Real quick, go on.
4: I've been told that you know he committed to it the night before, just kind of ghosted him, didn't show up. That's football royalty. And when you do that, that's going to kind of set off some alarms from people of like, hey, man, that's not how you conduct yourself, especially around the Manning family. That's, uh, that's not how
2: you conduct yourself, especially around the Manning family. What are they, the mafia? or the Manning family, the football mob? What does that even mean? What are you talking about? And a lot of people have come to C.J. Stroud's defense, including ESPN's Ryan Clark, saying he didn't commit to the Manning passing academy. He didn't commit to the camp. He didn't tell them, oh, I'm coming, then ghosted them. He used the word ghosting. Ghosted them the night before. He opted to stay back and train with his teammates. But but Brady Quinn, someone told me, someone told me, someone told me. And to go on a podcast like that and then throw that out there, you ghosted the Mannings, the, the, the mafiosos of football? Yeah, that was weird. You don't do that to the Manning Academy. What are you talking about? Someone planted that, though, right? Someone planted that, gave it to Brady Quinn, and then you have this. This is from Bob Kravitz. This is golongtd.com. Breaking down the quarterbacks in this draft. Have you ever heard of the S2 test, Stone? It's
3: title, yes. Do I know exactly what it is? Of course not.
2: It is, apparently, the new way to judge quarterbacks. According to the draft, it's the cognitive test. According to S2, it's a 30 to 45 minute exercise conducted on what is described as a specially designed gaming laptop and response pad that can record reactions in two milliseconds. It measures how players process and make split second decisions. Anticipating, reading, reacting, adapting to the game, those are measurable skills. Bryce Young. Scored a 98% in this. Brock Purdy had the highest S2 score last year. C.J. Stroud, 18%. 18%. Listen to some of these quotes here. This is from an anonymous executive. If you get a high score as a quarterback, it's not saying you're going to be a great player, but if you get a low score, it's 100%. None of the quarterbacks that got a low score became good players. The benchmark is 80. 80 and above is good. Stroud was 18. It's incredibly terrible. He's going to go off of teams' boards. He will not be picked by those teams. Another executive, Stroud scored 18. That's like red alert, red alert, red alert. You can't take a guy like that. It's why I have Stroud as a bust. This in conjunction with the fact, name one Ohio State quarterback that's ever done it in the league. Also, here's this. Again, anonymous. Everything's anonymous. Another anonymous. Here's an anonymous scout. That was my concern with C.J. Stroud. His personality is just sort of calm and mellow and laid back. It's the way he plays. You look at how Bryce Young plays, how Stroud plays. I don't see how anyone could look at those two play football, and you'd want Stroud over Young. Stroud is too programmed. I mean, that's hit job stuff right there, right? It's a little spooky. That's hit job stuff. Anthony Richardson, who was a significantly less accurate quarterback, 50%. C.J. Stroud threw for 400 yards against one of the nation's, one of the best college football defenses we've ever seen in the playoff last year. Came a bad field goal attempt away from upsetting them. Yet, we're making sure the S2 scores are out there making sure that Brady Quinn is saying, oh, he ghosted the Mannings. That PR team around C.J. Stroud, they should be fired immediately. Anthony Richardson, his people, they've made him out to be the next Patrick Mahomes when he couldn't hit his target more than 50% of the time last year. C.J. Stroud is one of the best players in the game, second in all of FBS and QBR. He's a bust, 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 red flag, red flag. He might be. He might be, but the PR machine has failed C.J. Stroud. And leading into the draft, he's being nothing but hit-jobbed. It's gross. Now your Baptist Health Orthopedic Care off-season football report. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptishealth.net slash ortho today for more info. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. They combine their resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology. Provided advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting... BaptistHealth.net slash ortho. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
1: From the Anajar and Levine studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Stone Marlins starting a road trip, but they're going to be home soon.
2: There's a lot going on at Lone Depot Park.
3: Yeah, what do you say we knock it out of the park this season with the Miami Marlins? Lone Diva Park offers you the ultimate experience with plenty of ticket options. You can get single game tickets or you can invest in a Marlins membership that gets you even more. Block in priority seating, save on food and merchandise, access to exclusive member events as well. But come out, support your favorite team this season as they celebrate 30 years 30 years of Marlins baseball. There will be promotions, giveaways all season long. Not to mention the players. We have Jazz Chisholm, Cindy Alcantara. yep, yeah, and a bunch more. Get your tickets today and join us at Lone Depot Park. But first, visit MLB.com slash
2: Marlins slash tickets. Real quick, uh, Tyler Van Dyke is staying at Miami. We talked a lot about him yesterday. Uh, no reason to believe that that meeting about NIL didn't happen he announced at 7:45 they had all day to refute it his announcement that he was going to be with the canes and an associate told the Miami Herald an associate to Tyler Van Dyke when was he ever leaving oh shut up we know he was thinking about it i got i i'm shocked it's it seems like that was all n i l like Tyler Van Dyke all was going i mean he successfully held Miami hostage to get more n i l money A lot of pressure on that dude now. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye-bye.